This audio is brought to you by Muslim Central. Please consider donating to help cover our running costs and future projects by visiting www.muslimcentral.com forward slash donate. A'udhu billahi minash shaytanir rajeem. Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. تبارك الذي جعل في السماء بروجا وجعل فيها سراجا وقمرا منيرا وهو الذي جعل الليل والنهار خلفة لمن أراد أن يذكر أو أراد شكورا وعباد الرحمن الذين يمشون على الأرض هونا وإذا خاطبهم الجاهلون قالوا سلاما والذين يبيتون لربهم سجدا وقياما والذين يقولون ربنا اصرف عنا عذاب جهنم إن عذابها كان غراما إنها ساءت مستقرا ومقاما والذين إذا لم يسرفوا ولم يقتروا وكان بين ذلك قواما والذين لا يدعون مع الله إلها آخر ولا يقتلون النفس التي حرم الله إلا بالحق ولا يزنون وَمَن يَفْعَلْ ذَلِكَ يَلْقَ أَثَامًا يُضَاعَفْ لَهُ الْعَذَابُ يَوْمَ الْقِيَامَةِ وَيَخْلُدْ فِيهِ مُهَانًا إِلَّا مَن تَابَ وَآمَنَ وَعَمِلَ عَمَلًا صَالِحًا فَأُولَئِكَ يُبَدِّلُ اللَّهُ سَيِّئَاتِهِمْ حَسَنَاتٍ وَكَانَ اللَّهُ غَفُورًا رَّحِيمًا وَمَن تَابَ وَعَمِلَ صَالِحًا فَإِنَّهُ يَتُوبُ إِلَى اللَّهِ مَتَابًا والذين لا يشهدون الزور وإذا مروا باللغو مروا كراما والذين إذا ذكروا بآيات ربهم لم يخروا عليها صما وعميانا والذين يقولون ربنا هب لنا من أزواجنا وذرياتنا قرة أعين وجعلنا للمتقين إماما أولئك يجزون الغرفة بما صبروا وَيُلَقَّوْنَ فِيهَا تَحِيَّةً وَسَلَامًا خَالِدِينَ فِيهَا حَسُنَتْ مُسْتَقَرًّا وَمُقَامًا قُلْ مَا يَعْبَأُ بِكُمْ رَبِّي لَوْلَا دُعَاؤُكُمْ فقد كذبتم فسوف يكون لزاما بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على أشرف الخلق أجمعين نبينا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه والتابعين ومن تبعهم بإحسان إلى يوم الدين 
we always commence by praising Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, sending blessings and salutations upon Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, and all his companions, his entire household, may Allah bless them all, and all those who have struggled and strived through the generations to learn the deen, to put it into practice and to convey it in such a way that today it has got to us. And may Allah use us as tools to do the same, that we can learn the deen, we can put it into practice, we can love one another for the pleasure of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and we can convey the deen in such a way that our generations will also be saved. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala safeguard us all. I have chosen a topic which is quite blunt and direct. But at the same time, I am in need of it and every one of us is in need of it. How can I make it difficult to commit sin? That's the subject. What is it that I should be doing that will make it very difficult to sin so that I can abstain from sin without an effort? Because if you take a look at sin, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala speaks about how shaitan beautifies it. Look at one verse. When Allah speaks of a few sins, one of them, the fulfillment of base desires in a wrong way, Allah says, it has been made beautiful. And obviously shaitan is the one who makes that beautiful for us. He makes it attractive. When we develop our link with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, we find that the attraction towards sin is no longer there. So point number one, we all know we have to develop what is known as piety. We all have heard the word taqwa. And we all realize and understand that Allah says, Allah says, whoever maintains piety or taqwa, Allah will atone their sins. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will forgive their shortcomings. Verses just before that in Surah Al-Talaq, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Whoever is conscious of Allah, whoever develops taqwa, Allah makes their affairs easy. Allah makes it easy for them to please Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala because they have developed taqwa. We have heard throughout the Qur'an, يَا أَيُّهَا الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا اتَّقُوا اللَّهَ Oh, you who believe, develop your taqwa. Taqwa meaning the consciousness of Allah or piety. We would correctly also be able to say to create a barrier between you and the fire of Jahannam through the obedience of Allah and abstention from the prohibitions that Allah has made clear to us. That is taqwa. So every time there is a good deed, I must be there. Every time there is a bad deed, I must not be there. That is taqwa. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us piety. It's quite easy to utter the words, okay, you know, develop taqwa, develop taqwa. But today I'd like to go into some practical matters that would make it very hard for us to sin. Point number one, your dress code. If your dress code is correct, and if you have developed the sunnah of the Prophet ﷺ in terms of dress code and what Islam has taught you, it becomes very difficult to commit sin. If you have developed, for example, you have grown your beard, you have developed your thobe, or you have worn some form of clothing that has connected you to the deen of Islam, it becomes very difficult for you to sin because... Even those who were potential people who may have sinned with you, when they look at you, they feel embarrassed to approach you for a sin. The same applies to a female. The minute she is dressed properly, and we say there are levels and stages, you know you get the external, what we would term the jilbab or the hijab, or nowadays they call it a cloak and a scarf, in some languages they call it a baltu and so on. There are different stages. Some of them have a design. Some of these designs are even more attractive than had they not been wearing that. May Allah protect us. And nowadays it's becoming more and more tight-fitting. You have it so tight-fitting that people look at you more. This makes it easy to sin. So we are defeating the purpose of the whole hijab. When the hijab is loose, when there is no beadwork on it at all, neither black beadwork 
No black work at all, no any other color. Now you are speaking a different language. It is called, وَلِبَاسُ التَّقْوَى ذَلِكَ خَيْرٌ Look at how Allah says, the, the clothing of piety is better for you. Clothing of piety has a deep tafsir, very, very deep meaning. To clothe yourself, to beautify yourself with taqwa is one thing. And secondly, physical clothing should be displaying the taqwa of the individual. And that, that Allah says in the Quran, it is better for you. So we are inviting the sisters as well. Those who are putting on, mashallah, an external garment. Alhamdulillah, very big achievement. But remember, don't stop there. Develop it. The beadwork should start becoming from one stage to another, which means if it's colorful, we get it to black. If it's black, we eradicate it totally. Which means now you are at a stage where no beadwork, subhanallah. Then you get to a stage where it is very loose fitting. Then the material becomes slightly thicker. Then you make sure you are wearing something underneath. Because that is also a mistake made by the sisters where they don't realize it is the outer garment. They have made it their garment. So when they come out, inside they are wearing nothing besides perhaps underwear. And thereafter at the top you have a cloak. You are defeating the purpose of piety. The cloak is supposed to be an julbab, which is a garment that is worn over and above your general clothing. Amazing. And this is something we need to understand. So there are levels we need to get to. It becomes very difficult to sin when you have dressed appropriately. And this is point number one. So I am inviting even the brothers. You know, you might put on clothing that makes you look like MacGyver. Allah protect us. What happens? A little while later, you begin, you begin to feel like you are him. You put on clothing like a football man. You start feeling like you are one of them. You know, when a person generally wants to go to gym, they have to put on those uh, shoes, what they call track shoes or tackies and so on. The minute you put them on, you already start feeling like you want to jump around and bounce around. This is the effect of clothing. When you have a, a, a policeman, the minute he puts his uniform, he feels in authority. You know what surprises me? Take a look at the nuns and the others who belong to the churches of other. Look at the Zion African Church. Look at the, the Salvation Army. They wear uniforms. Subhanallah. Allah safeguard us. We are fortunate we don't have a specific uniform, but we have an outlined garment that we are supposed to be within that framework of. So that it makes you feel like a Muslim. When people see you, they will respect you. So if you want to abstain, to make it easy for you to stay away from sin, point number one, change your dress code. Make it proper. Start appearing proper. Grow your beard. See the difference. People will feel shy to sit and chat with you like, you know, it's, you are just there for, to commit sin with and so on. The respect they have. And people will automatically have that respect. This is just point number one. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala strengthen the men and the women. Point number two. Do not miss a single salah. And if possible, in the masjid, the house of Allah. You know the hadith speaks of seven categories of people who will be shaded by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala on the day of uh, qiyamah, the day they will, the day of reckoning that they need it most. One of them is, رَجُلٌ قَلْبُهُ مُعَلَّقٌ بِالْمَسَاجِدِ A man whose heart is hanging in the masjid. Literally, muallak means hanging. His heart is hanging, which means one salah he read, the concern he has in his mind and heart is, when is the next salah? If that is your concern, you're not going to sin in a rush. You know, people who commit adultery, if they, if they start developing their salah, automatically the salah will make them stop committing adultery because they have a worry of the next salah. Where am I going to have a bath? What am I going to do? I'm going to miss my salah and so on. So this is why the Quran says, إِنَّ الصَّلَاةَ تَنْهَا عَنِ الْفَحْشَاءِ وَالْمُنْكَرِ Salah, if you read it correctly, will automatically stop you from immorality and evil. Look at that. So this is why develop your salah. Do not miss it at all. Develop your link with your maker through salah. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will open your doors. Like I said, your heart needs to be hanging in the masjid. Which means, as you leave, you are worried about when is the next salah. And arrive in the masjid five to ten minutes before the time of salah. So that you can sit. And you can do some other deeds, inshallah, we will get to some of those deeds in a few moments. Another very important way of making it difficult to sin is to be charitable. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, خُذْ مِنْ أَمْوَالِهِمْ صَدَقَةً تُطَهِّرُهُمْ 
وَتُزَكِّيهِمْ بِهَا Allahu Akbar Take from them this charity, which means this zakah, through which, now this is something very important, you will be able to cleanse them, or they will achieve cleanliness, they will be cleansed, and at the same time in two ways, to be cleansed spiritually, the tazkiyah, the internal qualities, as well as the external qualities, both will be cleansed on condition that you give zakah correctly. And zakah here obviously referring to that which is compulsory, and we can add on to that being extra, giving that which is charitable. I always say, and I stand by what I say, when you give zakah that is due, what are you doing? You are only giving an amana that Allah has placed within your, for example, possession momentarily, giving it back to its true owner. Allah is telling you, this is mine, just give it there. So, a bigger deal than that would be, when I say a bigger deal, obviously, this is a pillar of Islam, so that is something extremely important, but to gauge your generosity would be what you are going to give from your own, not what Allah made compulsory. It's like salah. People read farad and walk out, but you want to gauge your piety, how much tahajjud are you making? How much extra voluntary sunnah are you making? Nafil are you making? That is it. So the same applies to zakah. Why do we get stingy when it comes to calculation of zakah? Calculate it properly, give that and give double the amount. Double, why not? Obviously the double is, is voluntary, but it's to test you. Every act of worship you have that is compulsory has within it the same act of worship that you may engage in voluntarily. Why is it that we will go for umrah so many times? It's voluntary. Why is it we will read salah, sunnah, nafil, mashallah, a lot of it. But when it comes to zakah, we hold back. It becomes difficult. Ask those who are perhaps working with zakah. They tell you, zakah we have. The sadaqah and lillah, we don't have too much of that. Why? May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala open our doors. You give a charity, it will help you by the will of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Another way of making it very difficult to sin is to fast. If you fast every Monday and Thursday, if you fast, for example, thrice, three days in the month, and if you fast even more than that, perhaps every second day and so on, it keeps you away from sin. Because you are conscious of the fact that you are fasting voluntarily. Voluntarily. So, because I'm not going to eat and drink, how can I commit sin? That is going to break my fast and render it even worse. Because to commit a sin whilst you are fasting is worse than to commit a sin when you are not fasting, although they are both bad. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala safeguard us. So fasting has been recorded even in the hadith of the Prophet sallallahu as being protective. As-siyamu junna. Fasting is a shield. It creates a shield between you and sin. And between you and the fire of Jahannam. In fact, in another narration, clearly the Prophet sallallahu says to the youth, وَمَنْ لَمْ يَسْتَطِعْ فَعَلَيْهِ بِالصَّوْمِ If you cannot get married and you have that strength in you, the desire, so such a person must fast. Because it is a way out for them. It will protect them. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us goodness. Then there is a very important point. When we do good deeds, we strengthen ourselves. Our link with Allah becomes strong. So if you are committing two or three sins, increase your good deeds and those sins will automatically decrease. Increase your good deeds and those sins will automatically decrease. Why do we say this? Because when you are doing so many good deeds, you've read your Quran, you've engaged in dhikr, you've done this, you will feel ashamed to sin because you know I'm going to mess up all these good deeds that I've done. And if your heart is inclined to doing more and more good deeds, whatever is made easy for you. Some people it's easier for them to read Quran, some people it's easier for them to listen to lectures. That brings us to another point, you know, to listen to wa'ad, to listen to that which is... A powerful a lecture, a reminder that is also a means of protecting yourself from sin. It becomes difficult. You want to sin, you say, you know what? I just heard the hadith today. I'm not going to do this. It becomes difficult. The Sahaba radiallahu anhum used to say, Ya Rasulullah sallallahu when you talk to us, it's as though we can see Jannah and Jahannam in front of us. Hadith of Rasulullah sallallahu So when we are being spoken to, we are reminded. We our hearts are softened. And this is why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala speaks about the importance of the verses of the Qur'an and the impact they have on the hearts of all human beings and even jinn kind. Allah says, 
الله نزل أحسن الحديث كتابا متشابها مثانية تقشعر منه جلود الذين يخشون ربهم ثم تلين جلودهم وقلوبهم إلى ذكر الله Allah has revealed a book which has in it many similar verses which are repeated so many different so many times what happens the skins of the people who fear Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala they they literally get goosebumps and they become tightened with the goosebumps and after that the hearts are softened the skin is softened towards the obedience of Allah that's the impact of the Quran you hear the Quran being recited you play the Quran what happens automatically you will be able to be protected from sin because you know that's the message of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and this is why the remembrance of Allah Adhkar that we read, the tasbihat, subhanallah, alhamdulillah, allahu akbar. Keep your tongue moist with the remembrance of Allah. So that your tongue does not keep you occupied with swear words, with falsehood. So how can I protect myself from swear words? By keeping my tongue moist with the remembrance of Allah, the praise of Allah. Another point. To make it difficult for you to sin or for me, myself to sin. Engage in lots of istighfar. Astaghfirullah. Oh Allah, forgive me. Say it in English, say it in Arabic, say it in whatever language you want. Ya Allah, forgive me. Ya Allah, forgive me. The Prophet ﷺ used to say it so many times a day, up to 100 times a day. And his tongue was moist with those words. Astaghfirullah. At any time of the day, say it two times, five times, ten times, the collective amount should add up to so much. There is no limit to it. So if you've kept your tongue moist, Ya Allah, forgive me. Whilst you are asking for forgiveness, two things happen. The mercy of Allah descends and you are protected automatically from sinning. Because how can you say, for example, I want to give you a totally different example. You know, we are speeding on the road and we want to be, for example, let off. So the policeman says, no, you are under arrest. Now the policeman jumps in the car with you and he's taking you to the police station. And whilst he's taking you there, you're saying, no, forgive me, forgive me. And you're speeding even more. Foolish. So we are saying to Allah, forgive me, forgive me. Do you think we are going to sin even more in the process? We cannot do that. So if your asking of forgiveness is sincere, you will automatically be able to abstain from sin. Subhanallah. By the will of Allah. It becomes more difficult, let's word it that way, to sin. You have to be a really bad person who perhaps has only paid lip service to istighfar if you're still engaging in sin. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala forgive us. And this is why we say, when a person would like to protect his mouth from falsehood, he needs to utter the words of truth. The most truthful word is, Ashhadu Allah ilaha illallah wa ashhadu anna muhammadan abduhu wa rasooluhu. Keep it on your tongue. The truthful words of istighfar, tasbih, tahleel. The Prophet ﷺ says, Kalimatani, khafifatani ala lisani, thaqilatani fil mizani, habibatani ila rahmani. Subhanallah wa bihamdihi, subhanallah al azim. These two words, very easy to utter, very light on the tongue, very heavy on the scale, very loved by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Why don't we utter them? Glory be to you, O Allah. All praise be to you, O Allah. Subhanallah wa bihamdihi, subhanallah al-azim. You know the hadith of Juwayriyata, radiallahu anha, where she says that the Prophet taught her that, you know, one day he left for Salatul Fajr, and when he returned, she was sitting on the same spot making dhikr, meaning remembering Allah, tasbihat and so on. He asked her, what are you doing? She said, I'm still here, same place, and obviously doing the same thing. He says, let me teach you four words. If you are to repeat them thrice, they will be heavier on the scale than everything you've uttered from the time I left to the time I returned. How powerful. Do we know those words? Subhanallah wa bihamdihi, adada khalqihi, wa rida nafsihi, wa zinata arshihi, wa midada kalimatihi. Allahu Akbar. I think we can always check up the meaning of that and check up what it is all about and we should start developing that. Keep that on your tongue. It will give you goosebumps when you utter it, remembering what Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa said about those words. It will give you goosebumps. But if you just utter it like that, without even concentrating, it won't have the desired effect and impact. So that brings me to another point. Sincerity in your actions will protect you from sin. Because you are doing things for the sake of Allah. How can you then sin for the sake of shaitan? 
You are doing something for the sake of Allah. You read Salah for the sake of Allah. That same Allah, you're conscious of Him, you're trying to please Him, your aim is to please Him. How then will you displease Him? May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make us conscious of our utterances and may He make us use our tongues in the right direction. A very important point also, to try your best to maintain the condition of ablution and wudu. That is a very, very big way of protecting yourself from even thinking about sin. If your aim in life, or if you make it your business to remain in the condition of wudu as far as possible, it will become very difficult for you to sin. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protect us. So that is something we need to look into and we need to try our best. Then a very important point, good company. Do not mix with those who are bad. From the very beginning, stay far from them. Do you know, يُعْرَفُ الْمَرْءُ بِخَلِيلِهِ فَلْيَنْظُرْ أَحَدُكُمْ مَنْ يُخَالِمْ A man is known by the friends he keeps. So each one of you, be careful whom you allow into your circle of friendship. You know, there are some good youngsters, very good. They get caught up with few youngsters on drugs. And what happens? They are invited casually. They fall so simply, yet had they not mixed with those people, they would have been saved. Allahu Akbar. So don't mix with those. They have bad habits, stay far. This is why we need to be strict with ourselves. Because when one thing happens, it has a skittle effect. You want to please your friends. You call it peer pressure. So with my friends, I'm going to go to the club. From the club, I go to the nightclub. From the nightclub, I have the drugs. From the drugs, I have the alcohol. From the alcohol, I get the women. From the women, I've impregnated someone. From that, my life is a mess. Because I'm only 15 years old and I'm a father of a children. Allah protect us. So this is why we say, the skittle effect, you can protect yourself from it by staying far from those who are bad. And how do you do that? You do that by staying close to those who are good. Get close to the ulama, get close to the people of Allah, get close to others whom you see in the masjid. Tell them, pick me up, we go to the masjid. Wallahi. Because if you don't do that, you will have an empty gap. And when you have an empty gap, they will pick you up to go to the club. May Allah safeguard us. So, if we have good friends, people who remind us of Allah, we become those whose friends really drive them towards Jannah, instead of driving them towards Jahannam. Look at what Allah says in Surah Al-Furqan. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala speaks about how a person will regret the company he had, because that company drove him away from Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa message. وَيَوْمَ يَعْضُ الظَّالِمُ عَلَىٰ يَدَيْهِ يَقُولُ يَا لَيْتَنِ اتَّخَذْتُ مَعَ الرَّسُولِ سَبِيلًا يَا وَيْلَتَا لَيْتَنِي لَمْ أَتَّخِذْ فُلَانًا خَلِيلًا لَقَدْ أَضَلَّنِي عَنِ الذِّكْرِ بَعْدَ إِذْ جَاءَنِي وَكَانَ الشَّيْطَانُ لِلْإِنسَانِ خَذُولًا on that day, the one who has oppressed himself will want to eat his own hands, saying, Oh, I should have trod, the, I should have walked on the path of the messenger, and I shouldn't have had that person as a friend, because he definitely led me astray from the path. Allah says, Shaitan is very deceiving, very deceiving. You know, a man will come, a woman will come, and they will want to be your friend, and so on. Wallahi, be careful. That person can lead you astray from the path of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Then what is very important? Try not to be alone. Powerful. Shaitan is close to you when you are singular. You are alone. You're traveling, one man, one woman. You're traveling. Why? Get company. Get good company. The minute you are two or three, it becomes difficult to sin. Allahu Akbar. Look at how powerful this is. That means shaitan is further away from two. So when you are three and four, he's even further away. Because two can still connive sometimes. And this is why you go, you want to travel, travel in a group of people who are good. Or at least with one man, one company who is good, who is going to safeguard you. So when you think, you know, sometimes people have a weakness, shaitan comes to them. So now you see it's easy to sin here. You know, I can easily go to the club because I'm in New York City. Nobody knows me here. But Maulana who's with you, what happens? He looks at you. You, you can't even suggest that you want to go out because he's there. Allahu Akbar. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us good company. So don't be shy. You're traveling, take someone with you. 
Just take them with you. Say, look, please, come with me, company. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us good company. Another very important point. To close the door from a distance. Allah says in the Quran, وَلَا تَقْرَبُ zina." Don't even get close to zina. So, zina is many stages. Just like other sins, there are stages. A person plans, calculates, does this, does that. Why did you give your phone number? For what? What was the reason? What was the purpose? Why did you exchange an email address? Why did you reply the email? Why did you answer the message? That was the beginning of the end. That's what it was. And the regret you have today is because of one day when you gave someone your phone number. That's it. So what we are taught here, think of the door. Don't even open the door. Although the sin might be one kilometer inside that door, but when you open the door, you start walking towards the center there where the sin is going to be committed. So this is why, may Allah protect us. We always tell people, you know your dress code. Yes, the sisters as well as the brothers. Today we have a difficulty with the brothers also. Tight jeans, skinny jeans, you know, tight clothing, fitting. You're showing your belly. You open all your hair of your chest. Wallahi, it's unacceptable. First, Allah starts in Surah Nur with the males. He says, tell the believing males. You are truly believing, you need to... Lower your gaze and protect your private parts. By doing what? You lowering gaze, we understand. Protecting private parts, meaning dressing clothing that will not attract the opposite sex. What happens? Today, astaghfirullah, people are attracting the same sex. Astaghfirullah, billah. Allah protect us. Allah grant us hidayah. Wallahi, it's tough. We have had so many complaints of people who come to the masjid and when they make sajda, I don't even want to say what you see in front of you. Allahu Akbar. Allah protect us and Allah guide our youngsters. So this is why it's important to know that even your clothing, don't open the door. You don't wear clothing to attract the opposite sex. The sisters put on their perfume and they put on their tight clothing and they want to flick their hair and so on. Even if they're wearing hijab, they have dyed one little patch of a little, they call it a fringe that comes out in the front and it's flicked at the back because I saw them doing it in Dubai. You can see them in Dubai, they commit zina also. They drink alcohol also. They are doing the worst of things there also. Does that mean you must also do it? Because I saw it in Dubai. They take a flick out of the front. They dye it properly and they whack it at the back. So now what happens? Allah protect us, safeguard us. You will achieve what you want to achieve. But that is sinful. So you want to attract the opposite sex. 300 men will be chasing you. Then what happens? Each one of them is chasing you out of lust, not out of the quality of your heart. Because what they can see is external. They cannot see anything internal. The true person, you know, today somebody sent me a message and I really, really enjoyed reading it. They say, there are people who say, when you wear hijab, if I were to wear hijab and niqab, how am I going to get married? Who is going to marry me? So the person sending the message says, well, if someone really wants to marry you, if someone wants to marry you in that condition, that's the same person you should be staying away from. Allahu Akbar. Common sense, logic. They are marrying you for the wrong reason. If they cannot respect the hijab in you, how are they going to respect your heart? What is external, they cannot appreciate. What about what is internal? They'll never appreciate that you want to get closer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So, to make it difficult for you to sin, you need to have the correct choice of a spouse. Something important. Sometimes we choose a spouse that is so, you know, gorgeous and so on. That's outward. So they want to go out, they want to go here, they want to take you to bad places and so on. You know, and they want to dress in a way, they want you to dress in a way. So why? You made the wrong decision. That's the thing. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala guide us. See, people are looking at me. We're all married anyway. MashaAllah. May Allah grant us a turning point. May He make us conscious and may He make us from amongst those who really can learn a lesson from this. Then another very important point is to constantly make dua that Allah makes it difficult for you to sit. Allahumma habib ilayna al-iman. This is a sunnah dua. Imagine, when I sit and I think, why did Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa make this dua when he did not really need it because he loved iman and it was so beautified in his heart and he hated sin and he did not commit it. But to teach us, and yet we don't say those words. Allahumma habib ilayna al-imana wa zayinhu fi qulubina. Oh Allah, make loved to us iman, belief in you, and beautify it in our hearts. Wa karrih ilayna al-kufra, and make detested 
for us or to us. Kufr, which means disbelief. Wal-fusuqa, wal-isyan, and sin and transgression. Make it hard for us, make it difficult for us, make it hated for us, create a barrier between us and that. Allahu Akbar. There is a dua the Prophet ﷺ used to make. That, oh Allah, create a barrier between us and sin. In such a way that we don't commit it. Salatul Witr, there is a dua of kunut that has that included in it. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us goodness and may He grant us the ability to constantly make dua to Him to protect us from sin. Ya Allah, protect us from sin. Make it hard for us to sin. Ya Allah, create a barrier between us and sin. Sometimes a person wants to sin and you know what happens? Something happens in the middle. So you've given someone an appointment, for example, you want to commit a sin or go somewhere, haram place, I'll see you nine o'clock. Five to nine, someone pitches up at the house. You don't know how to tell them, you know what, I got to go somewhere. So now they sit with you, quarter past nine, somebody's messaging you, your messages, you're not reading them or something. Or even if you are, you're sending them, look, I can't come because of this and that. It creates two things. You and the person you're going to sin with become enemies because they think you're ducking and diving, which is a blessing. Number two is, Allah protected you because He sent an angel in the form of whoever to come to your house at that time. It's not the wrong time. It's actually the right time. Allahu Akbar. May Allah help us to understand and realize this very, very valid and important point. So, also we ask Allah to protect us from shaitan. A'udhu billahi min shaitan rajim Shaitan has so many different ways and plans. Another very important point, to call others towards goodness will help you to stay on the path. You know, they say, how can you preach when you are not even a person yourself? Wallahi, it is correct. When you preach, it's for you to start with. We all will... Our scholars have taught us, our asatida have taught us, that when you talk, you must be humble enough to say that, Ya Allah, let it benefit myself first, then everybody else. Why do you want to make yourself a person who is just lecturing others as though they are the only ones who need the lesson? We need it as well. And think about what you are saying to others. You tell your children, my son, don't do this. But you yourself, what are you doing? So you think about it. This is why to call others towards goodness automatically will help you and it will make you abstain. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protect us. Very important point. To protect ourselves from sin, make sure what you're eating is halal. Make sure what you're wearing is halal. Make sure what you have fed yourself with is halal. There is a hadith where the Prophet ﷺ speaks about a man making dua to Allah. His clothing is haram, his food is haram, everything is haram. How is he going to achieve the dua? The same applies. If a person, everything else is haram, once one thing is haram, the next thing to become haram becomes easier. Why is it that we say, make sure what goes in your mouth is halal? When I've eaten food that is haram, I will achieve energy from that food. Common sense. That energy lacks spirituality totally. It will not achieve pleasure unless it is utilized in haram because it is haram. To start with. This is how the hadith ends at a point where it says, ma min lahmin, any portion of meat, nabata bil harami, that has been grown on your body through haram, it cannot be entering jannah. النار أولى به الجنة عليه حرام. The hadith says if Jannah becomes haram for that, because in Jannah there is only purity, and it's for pure people, for pure bodies, and so on. So this is why let's be careful. Yesterday I gave an example. I think I will repeat it. It is sad. You see, we have the Hindus. What do they do? They spend their whole life without eating meat. When they are dedicated, and a lot of them are dedicated. No meat, they are vegetarians their whole life. I'm sure you know a number of them, and I do as well. Think of it. Their dedication is for a cause that we would consider incorrect. We, for a good cause, cannot stay away from meat and chicken that is slightly doubtful. Just for a day or two. Allahu Akbar. For a week or two, for a month or two, we cannot do it. Why? Because, hey, we need the chows, man. We need to eat. Allah protect us. This is what happens. Look at the dedication of the kuffar and the mushrikeen. Sometimes we draw a page from them because we should be embarrassed of ourselves. A guy says, no man, I'm hungry. There was only this thing here. You know, I know there was nothing there. There was no nothing to confirm it's halal and so on and so forth. And I don't know, but you know, I was hungry and I just said, Bismillah. Have you heard that? 
That is Bismish Shaitan. That is in the name of Shaitan. Because you are risking so much, you may have consumed that, your thinking will be haram. Because you're going to get energy through that. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us goodness. To respect the older people and visit them is also a means of protecting yourself from sin. It's an act of worship. To go and visit the sick will protect you from sin. Because you see your friend, he was just like you, as healthy as you are. Now he's paralyzed. You go and visit him, you start thinking. To visit the graveyard, the hadith says, Allah fazuruha fa'innaha tudakirukumul akhirah. Go and visit graveyards so that at least you will be able to think of the Akhirah. Why the Akhirah? Because the Hadith says, Akhiru Increase the remembrance of death which will destroy your wrong desires. So we should not be thinking, oh I'm doomed and so on, but think that I'm going to die. Today I was telling someone that you know, we are born and brought in this world in order to prepare for the day we meet Allah. If you have any other idea in your head, you're actually wrong. I am in this world to prepare for the day I meet Allah. Allah is giving me a chance to say, look, I'm sending you to the dunya, you prepare to meet me, then I bring you to me and you meet me. That's what's happening. Obviously I've worded it a little bit differently, but in essence, that's what it is. Allah created us for a purpose and He has informed us and instructed us about that purpose. You worship Allah correctly, you'll be able to meet Him. You don't, one wonders whether even such people will be able to meet Allah. Subhanahu wa ta'ala. May Allah grant us ladhatan nadari ilayh. May Allah grant us the sweetness of looking at Him. One wonders. You know, today we get excited, we see a car, hey, the shape is nice. You see something, hey, this house is nice. You see a kitchen, wow, this kitchen. Yeah, these are only light things. I haven't yet mentioned anything heavy. Believe me, imagine the creator of entire creation. Oh, may Allah grant us that day. We should be saying Ameen loudly. May Allah grant us that day. It is the biggest gift that a mu'min will have in Jannah. Is the day they meet Allah. Imagine, we will be looking at Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Take a look at the sceneries here. You have as you're landing at the airport here, mashallah, beautiful sugarcane estates and this, that. Everything looks so nice, mashallah. Believe me, Jannah is one thing, but to look at Allah is the ultimate. That's the peak. May Allah grant that to us. And may Allah forgive our shortcomings. So, this is why we say it's very, very important to visit the sick to visit the graveyards and so on. Obviously with the limits of the Sharia, when it comes to the women and so on, we know that there are limits. Uh, this is not just a blanket statement, it is something that we need to consider in the light of the Sharia. Then another very important point is what we hear and what we see needs to be governed so that it protects us from further sin. When Allah says, إِنَّ السَّمْعَ وَالْبَصَرَ وَالْفُؤَادَ Indeed, your hearing, your seeing, and your thoughts, you will be questioned about. One might ask, but I thought that if you're just thinking about things, you're not questioned. If a thought crosses your mind, you're not questioned about it. But when you entertain a thought, you are now questioned about it. You're planning, you're sitting, you're thinking, you know, and you're entertaining it. And you're achieving and deriving pleasure out of sinful items that you're actually bringing on. May Allah safeguard all of us. That will lead to another thing. Like we say, someone who wants to listen to music, for example, what does it do? It gives them a kick. A person who wants to listen to immoral stories, it gives them a kick. This is why it is sinful to relate the sins you committed to other people. Did you ever know that? Subhanallah. Those who like to spread the tales of immorality amongst the believing men and women, for them is a severe punishment. Today, Telcom makes it easy for us to do that. I dial your landline one hour. Say, hang on, 59 minutes up, I put a clock, it just beeped. Let me put the phone down, I call you back. It's happening in Durban. <laughs> Believe me, it's happening here. 59 minutes, beep, 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 because I don't want to be charged. Put the phone down, pick it up again, dial the same number. Why? We're talking about this one and that one, even since they didn't commit, we are just slandering. Had they committed it, it's wrong. Why is it wrong? 
Because you encourage people. Imagine you here. Oh, this woman is so loose. You know what happened? That guy went, this guy did this, and that guy did that, they, they did this. And the man who's listening to the story, he's saying, Astaghfirullah. But in his mind, shaitan is making him think, you know what, you can dial a number also. Yes, that's what shaitan does. So protect yourself, you didn't hear the story. Hear no evil, see no evil. Why? You protect yourself from it. People who don't want to lower their gaze, or they look at immorality, someone who's onto pornography, that is a sin which leads to other sins which are even more detrimental. So this is why we say close the door. Watch your, what your ears hear and watch what your eyes see. And watch the thoughts because they all translate one to the other and they ultimately become actions and you are known by that. Very important. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us goodness. I will now mention two more points inshallah before I close. The first point is the Prophet ﷺ was once asked he asked a question, in fact, he says, what is an-najah? Najat meaning savior. Savior from what? From hellfire. You would be saved from hell if you saved yourself from sin. So how to make it easy for me to save myself from hellfire? He said three things. Liyasa'ka baytu. Stay at home as far as possible. People must find you at home. Unnecessarily don't go out. I hope the youth are listening to this. It's a sunnah of the Prophet ﷺ. Find yourself at home. You, you go out, but necessity, something which is important, something where you are achieving something meaningful. You go out, no problem. But to just waste your time and so on, it's best to remain at home. Your home must be broad and spacious for you. You must enjoy it at home. Because when you are sitting at home, you have to fulfill rights of your wife, your children and so on, your parents and whoever, your brothers and sisters, depending on your age. And subhanallah, you will engage in tilawatul Qur'an, like I was saying earlier on, you need to learn the Qur'an, you need to try and listen to its meaning, learn the tafsir of it, engage in or make an effort to go to the lessons that are in the masajid, listen to them, the hadith, the seerah, increase your knowledge, increasing your knowledge will protect you from sin. The true people who fear Allah properly are those who know who Allah is and those who know what Islam is all about, the ulama. So you want to fear Allah properly, you need to know who He is. When you know the maqam of Allah and when you know the level and status of Allah, you become a person who realizes how insignificant we are in comparison to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and how we cannot sin because Allah has a grip upon me that He can actually pull at any given moment and make my life upside down. How then will we sin? So this is why the hadith says, stay at home. And it starts off by saying, control your tongue. Amlik lisanak. Control your tongue. Make sure what you utter is clean. Utter good words. And cry over your sin. When you've committed a sin, immediately repent. Immediately cry over it. Regret it. Regretting a sin will protect you from the next. When you've engaged in tawbah from one sin, the next time you're going to say, I've already engaged in tawbah, I'm not doing this again. So many people have had hidayah through saying, after walking out of a nightclub, I'm never going to go back there again. And they haven't been. After smoking for years, they drop it, I'm never going to smoke again. They haven't been there. May Allah make us strong. What are we ready to sacrifice for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? And the last point, may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us goodness. We cry... We shed tears, the warm tears that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has placed within our eyes. Out of the fear of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's punishment. Read about the punishment of Allah. Learn about it. Obviously in Islam, we need to have hope in the mercy of Allah. But sometimes too much hope in the mercy of Allah leads us to sin. How many people sin? And they say, Allah ghafoorur rahim. Allah will forgive. Allah is most forgiving, most merciful. That is dangerous, very dangerous. Because you're playing a game with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So this is why it's important to balance it by learning what the punishment and hell is all about. Learn about what Nabi sallallahu saw when he went up for mi'raj. Learn about it. Wallahi, it is hair-raising. And we start thinking, we, we can begin to cry just by listening to it. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us the tears of mercy. And may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala open our doors. And really, may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala 
make it difficult for us to sin to the degree that we become people who are role models to our own children and family members and we can be people who are torchbearers of the deen. Believe me, the deen will continue only if we make an effort as Muslimin. But personally, if I do not make an effort, Allah will replace me with someone else to make that effort. Same applies to all of us. You don't want, Allah says, He will replace you with others who will not be like that. So we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to grant us forgiveness. Wa sallallahu wa sallama wa baraka ala nabina Muhammad. Subhanallah wa bihamdihi. Subhanakallahumma bihamdik. Nashhadu an la ilaha illa anta. Nastaghfiruka wa natubu ilayk. اللهم صل على محمد النبي الأمي وعلى آله وسلم تسليما اللهم إنا على ذكرك وشكرك وحسن عبادتك اللهم لا مانع لما أعطيت ولا معطي لما منعت ولا راد لما قضيت ولا ينفع ذا الجد من ذا الجد اللهم اقسم لنا من خشيتك ما تحول به بيننا وبين معصيتك ومن طاعتك ما تبلغنا به جنتك ومن اليقين ما تهون به علينا مصائب الدنيا اللهم متعنا بأسماعنا وأبصارنا وقواتنا أبدا ما أبقيتنا واجعله الوارث منا واجعل ثأرنا على من ظلمنا وانصرنا على من عادانا ولا تجعل مصيبتنا في ديننا ولا تجعل الدنيا أكبر همنا ولا مبلغ علمنا ولا إلى النار مصيرنا واجعل الجنة هي دارنا وقرارنا ولا تسلط علينا بذنوبنا من لا أخافك فينا ولا أحمنا يا الله فقيب أو سنز يا الله يا الله فقيب أو سنز يا الله فقيب أو سنز يا الله Grant us closeness to you, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, make us people whom you love, Ya Allah. And make us those who love you truly, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, open the doors of mercy. Have mercy on us, Ya Allah. Have mercy on our offspring, Ya Allah. On our family members, Ya Allah. On the Ummah of Muhammad, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, grant rahmah to the ulama who have passed away. <coughs> ya Allah, protect those who are still alive amongst us, doing the work, Ya Allah. Make us from amongst them. Ya Allah, grant us mahabba and true love as an ummah, Ya Allah. Help us to fulfill the rights of one another, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, make it difficult for us to sin, Ya Allah. Make it very difficult for us to sin, Ya Allah. Help us to dress appropriately, Ya Allah. Help us develop a link with you, Ya Allah, and realize that we are going to die, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, the day you take us away, have mercy on us, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, grant us a good mouth, a good death, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, take us away in a way that you are pleased with us, Ya Allah. Ilaha al-alameen. You are the only one we have, Ya Allah. We ask you, we seek from you, we have hope in you, Ya Allah. All goodness comes from you, Ya Allah. Grant us goodness and protect us from evil, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, we cry to you. There are people suffering across the globe, Ya Allah. Grant them ease, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, grant shifa to all those who are sick, Ya Allah. All those who are not married, grant them spouses who will be the coolness of their eyes. Those who don't have children, grant them children through your mercy, Ya Allah. And those who do have children, Ya Allah, make them those who will be the coolness of their parents' eyes, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, help us in every single way. Ya Allah, the marhumin of the ummah, have rahmah on them, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, have mercy on them and have mercy on us the day you take us away, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, bless us in every way, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, grant us goodness and make us from amongst those, Ya Allah, who will be resurrected with Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, Ya Allah. Grant us his shafa'a and intercession, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, grant us acceptance on this day and every day. Subhana rabbika rabbil izzati amma yasifun. Wa salamun ala al-mursaleen wa alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen.